the vest is uh, your vest is very distracting. It's bloody hot. It's bloody saucy, is what it is. It is. No, no sympathy for me. I, I I lick my finger and push my arm, and it goes sizzle, sizzle. That's how Tim really makes Tim's steamy steam corner. Yes, that's how it happens. I um lick my hand and slap it on a griddle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very, very good. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Very, you know what? Pretty good. Can't really complain. It's cooling down here, finally. So <laughs> It's cooling down. I checked. So, so obviously, we're going to talk about the weather for a bit, because you have to, right? Yeah. And I checked uh, the temperature that y'all are having, and it's what I'm currently having. I'm like, man, it feels tremendous outside, finally. <laughs> See, I like heat a lot. Tim, say it, say it again with me. Say what we say with Americans. Oh, yeah, uh, you guys, no, we're not built for hot temperatures. You're not built for much, you're British. Well, like... Three quarters of the world begs to differ. Okay. Yeah, that you gave up on. Yeah, we gave it back. Yeah, we, we gave it back. back we're, we're nice. It's polite, it's British. Yeah, we're very yeah. polite. Except for all those sure. artifacts in the museum, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got to keep something, a memento of our... Yeah, of our memories together. <laughs> That's I very just up Tim, for the news. I, I just picked up a little travel trinket. It's and fine. That's Tim and I for the news today. Tim and I are obviously the ones in charge of all of that, so we can say that um, those trinkets are ours and f- you if you want them back. Yeah. Do you have a flag to back that up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Slade, how are you? Tell us. Uh, we haven't spoken in a little while. And uh, I was no. promised many a story from you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is definitely going to be filling in the uh, preamble. So I've been in Florida twice uh, recently, once for a bachelor trip. The other time I went with the uh, girlfriend and her family down to a nice little resort area. Uh, but the more interesting stories come from the bachelor trip. I don't believe the, that. For the, a first, the first one is that we were staying in a, uh, like a little condo, so two stories. And mm-hmm. I was on the bottom floor, right? And... Uh, get up one morning i've always with somebody who wakes up early i don't have the ability to sleep in and i notice water dripping from the ceiling okay and i'm like i know florida's humid you know humid but that's a little on the ridiculous side go out still you know remember i'm downstairs uh go out towards the front door near the stairs to go up and there's just a big puddle of water and i'm like well that's really strange head upstairs one of the toilets is clogged Mm. and overflowing and it's been overflowing all night Nice. And there's about two inches of water covering wow. the upstairs floor in the living room, bath, that bathroom, and the kitchen. Amazing. So what <laughs> the long and short of this, the too long didn't read here is never, ever, ever let Slade stay in your Airbnb. I was using the downstairs bathroom, and me and the uh, other guys sharing the downstairs space, we agreed there were two bathrooms in there. And we both agreed that the bathroom that was under the staircase was the poop bathroom. So that's the one I was using. And the other one, because it had the shower, was pee only. That's why nobody ever stank it up. Tim and I are so disappointed. Mm. <laughs> I've, everyone knows that you poo in the shower. <laughs> that's it's how you waffle, waffle stomp. stomp. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the other half of it was I got uh, detained for a bit by TSA on my way back. A uh, little backstory to this was I uh, we went to a bar slash restaurant one night. They overcharged for food and drinks mm-hmm. by a lot. I mean, like $7 for a regular old uh, light bottled beer, like not even anything fancy. 
and like twenty five for a small a pizza. Yes, that's should be like a three dollar beer. Wow, that's cheap. Yeah, and they were charging seven something for it, and then like twenty five for a small pizza okay. with like just cheese on it, right? So I mean, really overpriced. So we stole the silverware when we left the restaurant, and. <laughs> <laughs> Such a casual. Yeah, we stole this. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, you know the little thing, and you can Google it if you have to, or maybe I can describe it all, but you go to like a pizza restaurant, and it's a little thing you lift the pizza slice up with to put it on your plate. Yeah. So it looks I like was, a little trowel, right? Yeah, so I was going to take that home with me. Mm-hmm. So I put it in my suitcase. It uh, A couple of Cuban cigars as well, and you know, I had some other stuff, but and I only do carry-on uh, for flights, so... My suitcase gets pulled while I'm going through TSA, hmm. and it gets taken away, and they're like, sir, can you come with us? And I have to go to this little room, and they're like, what is this? And they're pointing at the x-ray, and the little, I'd forgotten the pizza slice lifter was in there, but it looks like a massive knife on the x-ray. <laughs> and they said all of this which, with one finger up Slade's bum hole. To which uh, I start laughing about it. I explain it to the TSA agent what had happened, and how, you know. And she thinks it's one of the funniest stories. They kept it, though. They wouldn't let me take it home with me. They said it was a weapon. They said I could use it as a weapon. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, it's a metal object with a handle on it. We're we're living in a post-9-11 world, Slade. I could probably beat somebody to death with my suitcase, and you let me have that. Yeah, but a suitcase... The primary function of a suitcase is to be a blunt force trauma object. But yeah, I finally got to go see what the little tiny room in TSA was about. Now, the lady who, like, opened my suitcase and took it out, she thought it was really funny. Her manager, on the other hand, was not in the mood for my shenanigans whatsoever. <laughs> and Did was you really... say the word shenanigans? No. make this wonderful. No, but called me a moron, though. <laughs> I mean, not, not, no. Tim, um, you have a story about TSA, don't you? I have. I've, I've spoken about it on Two Blokes from Blighty, I think. Yes. Is that your way of saying you don't want to tell it again? Yeah, pretty much right now. Oh, f- you then, buddy. All right, all right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy um, enough. I, Joey, you saw that I had a, a minor injury on my finger this week. Um, basically, I was grilling some halloumi and accidentally burned my finger uh, doing it. And uh, the plaster came off, or band-aid for you Americans, and I currently don't have a fingerprint on that finger, and it looks really weird. <laughs> so you're so going to go commit crimes you... now? Is that what you're telling me? If you want to know what the image of an alpha male is, it's the one that says, I was grilling some halloumi and I burnt my fingertips off. Yeah. And he wore a plaster for ages. Hang on. Hang on. Everybody just went robotic. I think that's just you, bud. Oh, no. (coughs) Robo slave. By the way, Joey, topics of 2BFB that I've got written down this week. Oh. Oh. Do we have anything for uh, mad shit? Because Pete sent me one. No, let's use Pete. All right. I like Pete. Pete's a good boy. Good, good egg. Certified good boy. Certified boy. He is a certified boy. <laughs> I picked up one of these. No, well, oh, we you absolutely baby. weren't, buddy. Uh, I picked up one of these while I was in Birmingham. It is a model Gundam. Like, I've built one of these before, and it went okay, and this one looks like it would be fun as well. So, I'm giving it another try. Slade, does that mean anything to you? 
whatever Tim is showing. It's kind of like Legos. Yeah, I kind of think of oh, it like cool. Legos. Well, I'm glad it means something to one of us. Probably like four or five hours putting together. Is it what? Is it Lego? I'm gonna show you a photo of it, Joey. Hang on. Oh, uh, Tim, you would also be the only one to appreciate this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so another time when I was. Nice. Really glad. You're welcome, Joey. Well, the other thing was when I was in Florida, it was raining a good bit. And I was giving myself a little good chuckle whenever somebody mentioned the weather report. Oh, okay. It's a it, yeah. 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 Made me, gave me a little chuckle each time. And that's if I mentioned how loud the frogs were outside over the rain. Uh, Joey, I'm just sending you this now but, on... But were the freaking frogs gay? Were, the, they, were they turning the frogs gay? I don't know. I don't think so. There you go, Joey. That's what it is. It is Florida, though. I'll tell you, you know, uh, what was also pretty cool to do while I was down there was uh, get to ride around on a motorcycle with, like, no helmet or anything. That was a new experience. That's a bad idea. Wear a helmet, everyone. Even if you're just walking, wear a helmet. Wear a helmet or you will be a helmet. Or just don't believe in health and safety. That's what I do. I believe in health and safety because (laughs) it's quantifiably real. For someone in your line of work, not believing in health and safety sounds like a (laughs) terrible idea. (laughs) Also true. <laughs> That's, I'm sure it's fine. I'm Good. sure it's fine too. Speaking <laughs> of um, really uh, healthy safe. and safe things, <laughs> Slade, do you want to give us our spoiler warning? Sure. This episode of the Game Club podcast includes spoilers for Call of Duty World at War. Wow. Oh, wow. Look at that. I got it right the first try. Look at that. Because you're a pro. Look I'm at that. Pro. I've just realized the shoes on that figure, Joey, they got proper kickers on them, haven't they? <laughs> it's, got, it's got a big spiky belt on the end of his shoe. <laughs> on the picture Tim sent me. Slade, are you going to put card music over this? Yeah, I was thinking about what's on the use, but I have one in mind. You're going to so. go... Are you going to do... Call of Duty War. Sure, we could do that. We could do that. World War Two. It had <laughs> Nazis. And uh, as an American and a Russian. There nah, were nah, zombies. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Nacht und der Toten and Ries. Lucina yes. der Toten was Black Ops 2, wasn't it? No, no, but Nacht der Toten is Nacht this one. Is this but I was asking about Kina der Toten. I think that's this one. No, it's definitely two because they have like the the outside bit, the alleyway. Let's talk about World at War. <laughs> All right, let's let's just get into the episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Game Club Podcast. My name is Slade. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Slade Plays Games, except Instagram. That's Slade's life. Uh, I am joined by the always punctual and on time, every single time we record, Tim. Hello. You can find me at Wembembo on everything, including Blue Sky, if you're one of the cool people on that. Ooh, uh, I'm also there now. Oh, you're on Blue Sky now? Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll follow Blue Sky thing is. Basically, the people who made Twitter were like, lol, we're going to make Twitter again, and now it's that. But it's invite only a, right now. Can we do a game club pop one? Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's invite only right now. So as soon as I get another code, I'll send one over to you. Slade sent one over to me. I just haven't done it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah do, do that then. Um, 
But yes, you can also find me on my other podcast, uh, The Fanatics, where uh, once a week, my co-host Aya and I watch the same awful movie every week. Uh, by the time this comes out, I think there will only be nine watches to go of Catwoman. Hooray. And then that's it. We're, we're done with the project. Meow, meow. And meow, then, meow. And then my other uh, co-host, you can find him drinking Prime. Yeah. Prime. <laughs> He's on Prime. the stupid bandwagon. Hi, um, I'm the other co-host, B.A. Baracus. And I'm Face. <laughs> um, what are we okay. doing today, Slade? Well, tonight, so... Joey, we're taking over the world. <laughs> right, so we're talking about, obviously, Call of Duty World at War, because I was on a little bit of a nostalgia kick for an FPS. Uh, so I was playing it a bunch and then said, it, we'll put it in the list. Uh, but before we get on that, I have a question for you two. I am and eagerly waiting. The question is, what do you what do you think in your mind is the best slash most memorable game opening? I mean, it's got to be, you, hey, you, you're finally awake, right? Well, no, 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 like that you've played like overall. Yeah, Skyrim. That one's pretty good. I don't know. I think Fallout 3 popping out your mom's vagina and that being your first kill, that's pretty impactful. Well, you ruined your joke from a future episode there, Slate. Yeah. If they remember it, that's why. No one listens to these. You can use it again. That's I exactly. don't know why um, the first game that popped into my head was the G-Man going, Ooh, I am virtually in Abe's right, that's Odyssey. A that's a very good one. Um, actually, Abe's Odyssey is a great game opening. Yeah. Uh, Bioshock has a really strong one, you know, crashing on the mm. airplane, going to the lighthouse. Same with uh, Infinite also has one, going to the lighthouse and then being shot into the sky. Uh, thoughts on adding sun, uh, not suns, just the forest in there? That'd be a good plane one. crash. Not a bad one, see, yeah. See, there's a long list you can make of good, you know, more things than just, you know, Skyrim. Sky, but Skyrim is good. Skyrim's got Skyrim's got an incredible opening. And it's also good that you can edit the dragon to be Macho Man Radley Savage. And he says, oh yeah! When, uh, when he, <laughs> or you can have him be Thomas the Tank Engine. That's always fun. <coughs> Jack's a fan of that one. Yep, big fan of that yep. mod. But the the whole thing where you're like escaping the Stormcloaks while like you're handcuffed and you can either uh, side with the Stormcloaks or go with... Or, Go with the other guys. I forget their name at this time. Uh, while Helgen's essentially burning down because Parthenax is burning down the whole village, it's really cool. Yeah, it's good. I agree with Tim. Big opening. Love that one. Um, also, Oblivion's got a really good. Opening. The I'd Elder Scrolls say, got good openings. I would say that uh, Breath of the Wild really strong opening. Can't remember it. Oh, okay, never mind then. Yeah, you oh, wake no, up, no, you no. Wake I can cave and I you can. look at High Rule. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, but the, I can't remember the opening to Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom does not have a good opening, no. I would say. Um, uh, there's a lot hmm. of games. Persona has a really good, strong opening. Persona 5, throwing you right there into the casino action. I think that's a strong opener. Eh. Eh. Halo Infinite. Yes. Or just Halo Combat Evolved. Yes. No. I can't remember it. <laughs> we played it like two episodes ago. I, do, I just remember spiking a controller. Uh, I'm looking at my shelf here. I'm going to say Nicole Kidman's first ever movie, BMX Bandits, has a good opening. Oh, no. Ooh. Can we can we move it back onto like actual games? Do you know what yep. game I think has an incredible opening that is let down by everything else? Sure. It's uh, Far Cry 5. I don't know if either of you have played it with... Um, Joseph Seed, the guy that's based on what's the guy that um, led Waco called? 
Oh, it's that Far Cry. Um, I don't know his name, but I know what one you're on about. Um, but yeah, it's it's like you enter a church and it's this cult leader and he basically just surrenders himself to you. And the opening is amazing. And then everything thereafter is absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm trying to think what other good games have got good openings. Well, it doesn't have, you know, some games get strong openings, but they're not good at the end of it. David uh, Koresh was his name. That was the guy that um, Joseph Seed is based on. Uh, my my boy, s- David Koresh. Maybe I don't want to say that. The Mad Lab. Half- David Koresh, Half-Life the 2. boy himself. <laughs> Half-Life 2's got a pretty good opening. Uh, like getting off the train, that, getting the... No, Final no, Fantasy no. 7. Amazing thought- opening. Is this is this the whole episode? Are we doing an hour of what's got a good <laughs> opening? No, not really. We're just still thinking of them. I think it's just a good thing to think about. Hmm. Let's talk about World at War because that didn't sure. have a good opening. <laughs> I think it's got a memorable opening. Hmm. Um, does Being... memorable mean good? No. Yeah, well, it's got a memorable opening, okay. certainly. Yeah. So that was the other half of your question here. Most memorable slash best. What do you think's the best? What do you think's like, you know, uh, really yeah. sticks in your memory good? I feel like um, we've just done that question. Medal of, Medal yeah. of Honor, um, which was the really famous Medal of Honor on PS2 that was based... Oh, a, there was a bunch of them. <laughs> no, fucking hell, sorry. The the most famous one. Was it Frontline? I think so. Is that the one where the first level was Saving Private Ryan? The, yeah. The Storming of the Beach. That was an amazing yeah. opening. Um, I had another game in here. Now I can't remember. I'd say this has a memorable opening where essentially you are down on your knees about to be killed by some Japanese soldiers. Mm. And then your buddies come in and save you. America. 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 Uh, Slade, insert America, fuck yeah, right here. All right, (laughs) great. Thanks, future Slade. Uh, This game came out in November of 2008. Hey, Slade, what's the game? I already said it. Say it again. I want to hear it again. (laughs) Call of Duty World at War. (laughs) Thanks, audience. (laughs) That's really helpful Uh, when we do a live show. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, developed by Treyarch, published by Activision was released on PlayStation 3, Microsoft Windows, Wii, and 360. Uh, at the... Let's see. Shout out to my guys playing Call of Duty on the Wii. Yeah, really. <laughs> Have you ever played Call of Duty on the Wii? It's, it's actually very... really good. <laughs> yeah. It lends itself very well to the point-and-shoot aspect. So, uh, Metacritic gets around a 85 around the board, you know, like for all the titles, or all the platforms, really. Uh, Game Informer gave it an 8.75. Game Spot, 8.5. Game Trailers, 8.7. The Wii version, though, 8.2. IGN, 9.2. That was a little high. Nintendo Power gave it an 8.0. Official Nintendo Magazine gave it 92%. I hear Joey sighing. Official Xbox Magazine UK, 9 out of 10. US version, though, 7.5. PC Gamer UK, 77. X-Play gave it four out of five it also got a golden joystick award so that's uh nintendo said that was their multiplayer game of the year wow yeah wow Um, before we do anything else because i don't think there's really too much to the story really because if you've played any call of duty it's i think it's a relatively straightforward plot other than this sets up some stuff that's used in later call of duties Mm -hmm. uh immediate thoughts tim uh it's a call of duty that's all you need to know. Um, it's fairly run-of-the-mill, and yes, it did do the whole introduction of uh, Reznov and um, 
America. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. America, fuck yeah! Thank you. Um, so <laughs> on the fucking soundboard. <laughs> he so it, it does the whole introduction of that, which sets up into later Black Ops games. But I'm looking at this purely as a World at War game, not what it's setting up. Right. Uh, and for what it does, it is a functional Call of Duty game that, at the time, I can remember having a pretty thriving online, if not frustrating online multiplayer. Yep. Um, frustrating because the game didn't seem particularly balanced to me. No. Um, the the star of the show is, of course, zombies. It's, it's what everyone remembers about Call of Duty. Uh, at, well, World at War, anyway. Uh, especially Nakta Untoten, which is the zombies map, and a couple of others like Deris. Uh But yeah, it's, it's fine. It was very much finding its footing... Um, for the zombies thing, which obviously then became a staple of the Treyarch side of things for the Call of Duty franchise, but in terms of the rest of the game, it was okay. wasn't great. Joey, I feel like you highly disagree with Tim. Yes, I do. So, I think I disagree with Tim on every single one of those fronts. This is not just a functional Call of Duty game. This is the last good campaign in a Call of Duty game. This is the most um, realistic violent um, Call of Duty game and on top of that it mixes it in with real world videos, real world statistics rather than going there's one man over there that you need to kill and he's going to hurt a lot of people. This is you are one pawn in a much bigger thing and that's what a war game should be. This is head and shoulders above Call of Duty's, certainly of present. This is, I would say, the campaign is actually the best out of any Call of Duty going. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think there are levels that are fr- aren't frustrating. There absolutely are. I don't think any of the American campaign is particularly interesting. However, there are parts of it that you... Maybe that's not fair. I do think that there are bits of it that are very interesting. I just don't think the American campaign is particularly thrilling, whereas the Russian campaign is fucking mind-blowing. The whole of the Stalingrad sequence, um, which is based on Enemy at the Gates, is top-tier FPS, in my opinion. Then, okay, Nazi Zombies is very good. Nazi Zombies is where I had the most fun, but this is not where it's the most memorable. And I would argue that the the multiplayer here is one of the most balanced I can remember because the only two things that were frustrating when we played it at the time, I can't talk about this now because I tried to play online and couldn't because no one plays it online anymore. But at the time, the only unbalanced weapons were the MP40 and the Bouncing Betty. They were so overpowered. But apart from that, the game itself was balanced. Shotguns were viable. Sniper rifles were viable in the same maps. It's... I just... Calling it a functional Call of Duty game is so diminishing to how visceral some of the campaign is here. And I think that you are doing it a disservice by um, diminishing it like that. When So when I'm talking about the balance of multiplayer in this game... The things that come to mind are, as you said, the MP40, but also the dogs. 
the tanks and some of the map layouts, which <laughs> they weren't great from what I remember. But like they were, you, they were like, conventional three channel maps. Every single one of them was a conventional three channel maps. The dogs were hard, but the dogs were a kill streak, and they were a kill streak yeah. of five kills in a row, They're which a was really hard to do in this. It was, but then as soon as the dogs got rolling, as soon as the dogs were out, it was nigh on impossible to stop them, for at least from what I remember. I don't but again, like true. you, I, I tried to play online. The servers are gone. Like yeah. it's 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 yeah. not possible to play online anymore outside of maybe like a land situation. Well, I I think that's part of why I told you I'll just look at zombies and uh, you know the campaign because I don't mm-hmm. think there's no point at this time doing that. I'd also like to say hi. I'm one of those problems. I always wielded the MP40 juggernaut and had bouncing Bettys. If so. you didn't, you were foolish because they yeah. were so overpowered. There's a really famous uh, meme in the fighting game community, which is, if you want to win, pick a top tier. Why would you not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do I, you think, Slade? I think this game's uh, it was a nice little nostalgia trip. I don't know if I completely agree about the uh, American campaign, because if I'm to my knowledge, and I think I'm really right about this, but this is the only Call of Duty with the Japanese campaign. Why is there not a Japan fuck yeah? <laughs> Nihongo kampai. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I think you probably so, so yeah, right. I, I think that this is the only one, and that was definitely a little refreshing at the time, because, you know, it's a lot of World War II shooters, but they put us somewhere different. I think Medal of Honor is the only one who had gone over and done that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Joey is, after that statement, I think he's pretty right. This is at least the last really good World War II campaign. Mm-hmm. And this is also before I think Call of Duty got way too ridiculous and over the top, you know, trying a lot of one-upmanship in the way they made games and writing and stuff like that. I almost feel like this is the last Call of Duty that, uh, sorry, this was the last Call of Duty before they relied almost entirely on set pieces. Yeah, I think so. Um the other thing is a uh, little bring up. So this one also had a co-op campaign, which is also very different for the series. Uh, split screen co-op, but it cuts two levels if you do split screen uh, co-op. The first one is Joey's favorite level. So when you're introduced to Reznov and the sniper enemy at the gate style, mm-hmm. that's cut. So uh, single player only. And the level where you're in the Black Cat, the uh, aircraft level where you're just doing bombing runs. The two best levels in the game. I hate that level. I hate the second <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so those two are both cut if you do this as a co-op campaign. The rest are perfectly playable and fine. Uh, I, I really agree with Joey with this. He's hit a lot of my sentiments. You make As you play through this game, you go back and forth between uh, the American and the Russian campaign. Okay, he's not going to hit the button. I wasn't sure. Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bleed that. Don't believe it ever. I'm not. Uh, So anyways, you make your way back and forth as the story is being told to you, progressing slowly through each. You also get to do the uh, very much staged but extremely epic photo of placing the Soviet Union flag on top of the Reichstag Mm -hmm. uh, in Berlin. But I agree with Joey on so many points of this. Like I said, to me, it's a perfectly playable, fun little uh, nostalgia trip. For the record, but, I didn't say anything about it not being playable or fun. I just said it's functional. That's it. But you said it in a diminishing way, which is what yeah. I took on bridge with. Right. That's, yeah. It sounded um, like you, I don't know, it sounded negative. Um, but I would also point you both to, and, and I, I don't know if either of you have played it, but the Call of Duty 
Call, call of Joity. Call of Joity. Call, call, call of Joity. Yo, you got uh, that Call of Joity. Oh, forget about it. Uh, the, <laughs> Josh, oh, Josh. Oh. Josh, we'll see you later. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Um, the Call of Duty World War Two game. Have you oh, the modern it? one. Yeah, 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 I've played it. It's I've played it. Ass. It's horrible. It's yeah. awful. But what they tried to do with that game was emulate this game and bring it into the modern Call of Duty era. Mm. I think one of the most powerful things that they did in this game is make you put the Soviet Union flag at the top of the Reichstag and then once you plant it, you step back, you see the flag and it cuts to this video and it says 60 million people died in World War II and that's when you realise that you're a very small part of this. Whereas in the other one, in the opening cutscene, they say 60 million people died in World War II. You're going to have fun with this. I just feel like this was Call of Duty's last attempt to be a, an actual war game. Right. That modern one, because I, I only ever played the multiplayer of... Um, horrendous. Horrendous multiplayer. Um, for, a, for a game that previously, at least in its history, heavily researched the guns of the appropriate era, for them to cram red dot and holographic sights into the multiplayer was yep. uh, uh, ignorant at best. But it was an interesting choice. It was it was a choice, but um, uh, it almost feels like because I didn't play the campaign, but the whole sixty million people died at, in World War Two. Go have fun. Seems a little tone deaf, I guess. It is, and they have it's a slapstick extremely. character in a in the yeah. campaign as well. There's which a, like Call of Duty used to really really care. Yeah, like the one of my favorites. If we could find a way to play it, I'd like to. But Call of Duty Big Red One. Right, the For... PS2 one. They had uh, the cast of Band of Brothers do all the voices. Band of Brothers, and like, is so good. All right, so you think about you get that cast in to do the voice acting for your game, and then they're also there to help give direction and knowledge on how things work. For the they record. also had the cast do the mocap too. Nice. For the record, the modern uh, modern warfare games in Call of Duty are exceptional. Um, um, I think the the. We're kind of veering off quite a lot of world uh, world at war here, but I think the yeah. modern warfare multiplayers are very good. Mm. I'm not mad on the campaigns. I really like the campaigns of both the modern warfare, the the reboots of modern warfare. But once again, the, I think they are the perfect example of what we're looking at here. Who's the main antagonist in this game? There isn't really one. There's about three or four. But it's it's the Nazis. And the yeah. Oh, antagonist. Sorry, I thought you said protagonist. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, yeah. antagonist. So it is the armies that you're facing, whereas the antagonist of every single game beyond this is a singular person. And I feel like that stops it being a war game and just starts it being a Action. Hitman game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it loses, I guess. Yeah, it tries to make it too focused, would you yeah. say? Like, instead of, you know, you are, like Joe said, a small person in a very big conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree because I said it. <laughs> and I'm always right. <laughs> I didn't say that. Slade, go into the plot. I feel Slade, like I explain did, really. World War II to <laughs> us. I want every detail without bias. <laughs> Yeah, no bias. There was a very angry... <laughs> there was a very angry Austrian man who got in charge of Germany at one point. <laughs> he was a vegetarian and a painter. And he had... Uh, was it one testicle or three? 
the famous thing is he only had one ball. Yep. The other was in the Albert Hall. Very good. Very good, Tim. Well, that's the, that's the song. That's the song. That people used to sing. And... That was it? Yeah, yeah. Hitler has only got one ball. The other is in the Albert Hall. His mother. Uh, what was it? A dirty something. A dirty bugger. The small. She threw it right over Italy. It landed in the Irish Sea. Um, the fishy the fishies got, got out of their dishes, dishes and scallops and bollocks for tea. That That's was the it. song. There you go, Slade. Do you feel more uh, British now? Uh, sure. I saw a but... shirt today on someone that said British people aren't real while, while I'm in England. It <laughs> <laughs> wow. sounds like something I would wear while over there. Hmm. Anyway, World um, War Two. explain. Well, so... Well, I'm not going to go through all of World War II because that's like a history lesson, but I will go through the fact that uh, the American campaign, he plays Private Miller uh, as he does the, I guess, island hopping campaign, which is what the Americans were doing prior to uh, dropping atomic weapons on Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts with the uh, Battle of Peleliu. You get to go through, which is very significant. Um, what else? Okinawa and uh, the taking of Shuri Castle would be the other two big notable things. One thing, and I don't think I've ever seen this come back, was the fact of how they use mortars in this game for you as a player. The fact that you just hit it on a rock and yeet. Yeah. I don't know if that's effective or not. (laughs) It's very effective in the game. It is. I just don't know if that's an actual thing you can do. I found this campaign got felt like it got more stale as it went on. Now, not to the point where I didn't enjoy it, yeah. but when you first start finding your fallen comrades and mm-hmm. they've been, like, booby-trapped, was like, whoa, what the f***? Oh, my God, that's awful. And then it kind of yeah. just kept happening. But I really liked how um, they really showed off the guerrilla tactics of warfare. In, yeah, in like this. the spider holes that the Japanese would hide in, being yeah. uh, bonsai rushed all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, there's a joke if you play this game on veteran it's called a call of duty grenade at grenade because the game will just spawn them on you yeah uh, uh, what what um, difficulty did we play this on just I medium just, for me I just played it on regular I played it on hardened because I'm hard like that wow um, good for you uh, and then you have the Russian campaign or the Soviet campaign you play as private Dmitry Perchenko it starts in Stalingrad, as Joey said, just basically a remake of Enemy at the Gates, which is also a tremendous movie. You should go watch. It is. You uh, play as Jude Law in the game. Yeah. Uh, you do that. You go through the Battle of Silo Heights. They let you take over and use uh, the best tank of World War II, the T-34. I won't hear any arguments. Uh, and then you get to go fight through Berlin's. And as we said, you get to recreate the iconic image of the Soviet Union flag on top of the Reichstag, which is massive, massive propaganda machine because that's a staged photo it's not actually real really um yeah it's not real yeah. but i really like that this game they seem like they put loads of research in yeah it's got a lot it's got a lot of research in, like the fact that there was a flamethrower variant of the t-34 like that's an actual thing uh that was another big thing about this game was its use of fire effects left and right and they gave you a flamethrower to go and make uh human s'mores with hmm and you use that quite a lot. And honestly, there are times where you see people like, uh, I don't know how you would mocap it, but you see people trying to put themselves out before they fall and die. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it, you're like, that's, you know, obviously it's not a real person, but, you know, at the same time, you're like, Ugh, yeah, that's not, not okay. But yeah. I also think with this game, what they did better than other Call of Duties is 
if, for example, you shot someone in the leg with a shotgun, mm-hmm. they'd lose oh, their like, limb. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't. Um, they wouldn't just die like they would, as I've seen in other Call of Duty games. They're like yeah. scream for their life. It just it everything about it felt much more like an actual and, war and game. Then you would also, especially in the Japanese campaign, you'd have to double check that they're dead, which is also true because sometimes you'd walk by them and then they'd pull a pin on a grenade right underneath you. Mm-hmm. Either you had to skedaddle quickly out of the way or just get blown up. Mm. Did you guys get the secret ray gun in the campaign? Yes. No. Ah, well. It's on the Battle of Peleliu. There's a certain order to uh, shell holes that are on the beach. You go mm-hmm. three, two, one in them. Yeah, if you jump at them in a specific way, then they give you the ray gun. Yep. Oh, that feels a little less historically accurate. That's a little, it's a little Easter egg, though. Yeah. Um, I also did have, on the topic of grenades, a very funny kill, which I was just looking for then, but I must have got rid of the metal clip, um, where I was cooking a grenade to throw into, uh, I guess, a wooden bunker. I don't remember the specific um, level it was in, but I know I was playing as Private Miller cooking a grenade, threw it, and it immediately bounced off someone's head and back out of me and exploded. <laughs> Very, oh, the use of Molotov cocktails by the Russians as well. That's a yeah. neat little addition that they learned from the Finnish. Um, you know, there's, I, like I said, I think it's worth a little nostalgia trip for people to go back and play through. And the other thing we've been walk- tiptoeing around for a bit, let's talk oh, about zombies. Now, before we do that, how long did it take you to complete the campaign? Six, seven hours? Not very long. I don't even think it took me that, to be honest. Uh, let me quickly check, though. Uh, even five? It's really not a long It's game. a short game. Uh, I put a total of 8.5 hours into this, and that's including my time with zombies and the attempt at multiplayer. Okay. okay. I took uh, about six hours to do, yeah. but I was, like I said, I'm I also think the game's only like. Boy, so I, I think the game's hard. 10 gigs at most. Uh yeah, nine point one three gig on PC. Yeah, and I that should be including your DLC as well. So it's not Correct. very big for your install time. Um, but yeah, let's talk about zombies. Zombies, good. Thank you. <laughs> With the OG map, Nakta Uten or Night of the Undead. Uh, it's very basic. It's like an upstairs and a downstairs. There is just the random gun box. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like the random weapon crate, though. So, so sometimes let, let's break this down properly. So you're in you're in a small room, four windows, four windows, and there is a horde of zombies. So this zombies is a horde mode. Yeah. For those that don't know, Nachter und Toten, or however you pronounce it, Nachter und Toten. Thank you. Um, Germany, fuck yeah! Yes, uh, that <laughs> they, was... they can't say that. <laughs> Deutschland <laughs> über alles. Everybody gets nervous when they say that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so this is a horde mode where you slowly unlock the entire area through points that you get from kills. There is um, weapons that you can buy off of the wall using the same points, or you can become a gambling addict and. Keep using the weapon box, which gives you a random weapon, which could be totally useless or could be the ray gun. Um, and it's all about lasting as long as you can on the map. Yep. So that's zombies. Yep. Yeah. Like we said, it's got four maps. Um, 
which I don't have. But... I have them here. It's ah, Nakta Untoten, Verukt, Sheila Numa, and Dariz. Verukt is the worst. That's all I'm going to say. I really like Verukt, and I have a lot of fond you, memories of playing you it. You and on... Jelly both. I cannot stand that map. Verukt takes place in a insane asylum, mm -hmm. which is a great place for a zombies map, honestly. It's already kind of creepy in the first place, but if you've noticed... Uh, the first two maps are ones from the campaign, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, which is pretty cool. So um, I have a lot of fond memories of playing Verrucked, uh, specifically on Call of Duty World at War Zombies on iOS. If Joey, you remember that? I do. I wish I didn't. It's it wasn't a great port, but I can remember a lot of school bus trips, like going out somewhere and playing a lot of that. Yes. Nice. Um, but they, so so we should say that Zombies has become a bit of a a staple of Call of Duty now. Yeah, mm -hmm. whenever it's a Treyarch production but, of Call of but Duty. But what they've done is they've built upon what I explained was very much the like basic level of zombies, whereas <laughs> now you have things like the Pack-A-Punch, which are perks that you can buy with your points. You have the... Um... Well, the Pack-A-Punch upgrades weapons. You Sorry, can I meant... Points. Oh, well, I can't even remember what they're called. The Pack-A-Punch no. upgrades weapons. You get... And then you have different perks. flavors of cola. They're perks, yeah. but they're different flavors. Juggernaug being the big one. Everybody course, remembers. Quick Revive. The thing, uh, the thing fast Reload. The thing that's particularly interesting, though, about the maps in World at War, and World at War and Zombies is where it's going to get the most praise from me. Um, they iterated on what the game was capable of per map. So, as we've said, Nacta Untoten is a very small upstairs-downstairs uh, space, and there was very much a meta to it where uh, you go to the upstairs room and you basically hide in the corner uh, because you're basically making a choke point. You never open the stairs down to the main room again. Mm -hmm. Verukt makes this big square, like a two-layered square, uh, also known as a building, and <laughs> it's um, basically just got like a central plaza that you can't navigate through, so you're having to navigate between these different cells, essentially. Yeah. It, um, it does have a choke point in that map. It does. All maps at some point have a choke point, with the exception of Shinonuma, I think. Shinonuma has one until somebody that you're playing with ruins it and opens the door behind you. Ah. Hi. Um, <laughs> Shinonuma is probably my favorite one of the four uh, out of the four maps available. Uh, I think it's the most interesting. It's got a really cool outdoor section with a big trap. Um, yeah. And then there's Deris, which, if I'm honest, I thought was the... At the time, I thought it was the most cool. But in terms of a gameplay thing, it's not particularly interesting outside of adding the Pack-A-Punch machine, in my opinion. I uh, don't know if I'd agree with that, because it has the teleport machine, which also kills zombies as you go through. It introduces the... Yeah, uh... but the teleport doesn't really do much other than go from you're now here no. to the Pack-A-Punch machine. Whereas in like right. later games, you could teleport to different parts of the map. And I get right. it was early, but in yeah. I mean, you can see the idea. Yeah, I see the idea. Um, the yeah, the other thing I was going to bring up is that uh, Shinonuma is the one that starts introducing the story to yes. the game, where it, like adds in characters and very racial stereotypes, like the Russian guy always wanting vodka and yelling about it constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in Deris, you and there's like one. Uh, so in Shinonuma, the space that you spawn in there are three radios in there go press hold x and you get like a little story insight uh and then again if you head over to darius there's like 15 16 things you do for the story on it yes and then that all that stuff is like built and carried over i don't know why they decided to write in a story to a horde mode i don't think it's really necessary but it's a thing 
I have tried to follow the story for zombies, and I watched one from Black Ops 3 or 4 with, like, the giants walking over the war zone, if you know the one I mean. Yeah. Um, And it just turns out that it's kids playing with dolls the entire time. Spoilers. Uh, and it's just kind of a bit of a ending, to be honest. Yes. Well, I think what they did was hugely overcomplicate zombies yeah. in every game other than this one. Well, if you look at like uh, the Aztec map in Black Ops 1, the moon map, uh, the giant's map that I just mentioned, Alcatraz, yeah. it's it's muddying the waters every single well, time. Once you hit to the point of space Nazis on the moon, like you've hit the most ridiculous that you really can if you think about you've it. You've jumped the shark at that point, and I <laughs> yeah. acknowledge that. But I yeah. just wish there was a bit more of a payoff than it's kids playing with dolls. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, once you hit space Nazis on the moon, it's it's way overdone. Anyway, back to zombies. Uh, sure. So, Shinonuma, great map. Joey, your favorite map? Um, I like Shinonuma. I really like Brooke, but I don't think I can get over. When I think of zombies, I think of Nakba. Yeah. The first one. Did y'all ever play the. So, this kind of came around from a mod idea from uh, Call of Duty 4 on PC forever ago. Are you asking if we played that mod? Yeah, did y'all play it? Because I remember playing it. No. Okay. Oh, I didn't have a PC then. No. Ah, y'all were losers then. Xbox kids. (laughs) I didn't have one either. There was like a little uh, internet cafe thing here in town, and I used to go there and play it. Uh, We used to do... the loser now, Slade? (laughs) We used to do all night as a mega sector, if you remember, Joey. I do. A mega sector was just a a business that was one big LAN party all Mm -hmm. the time. Like it was that's basically twenty four seven. That's what this place was. So you paid like twenty bucks and you had access all day, or four dollars an hour. Yeah, that's exactly what like, this was. Yeah, yeah. So it was really cool, but it was all PCs, no consoles. I loved Omega Sector, but I'm not surprised that it died because it got very yeah. expensive. Um. So, anyways, moving on. Do we have anything else we want to talk about for this game? Because I don't think we can really touch on the multiplayer because you can't really play it. No. Not unless um, y'all want to go play a free for all real quick with just the three of us. No. Um, <laughs> I think that this game was fun, and if it's in the sale like it was when we bought it, it's worth picking up. Oh, do you know what we should talk about is how cool the soundtrack is. Yes. Soundtrack is badass. It's a lot of rock guitars, it's a lot of somber music when it's somber. It's just very, very good. Yep, I would agree. Good music. Any, anything else, Tim? I don't remember the soundtrack. I'm sorry. Tim nice. played it on mute. No, no, I, yeah. I played it on the Steam Deck for a little bit, and I played it on PC mostly. Um, Tim, okay. <laughs> How did it run on the Steam Deck? Uh, it was okay. Um, it played. Uh, no, it's... And if you come to Game Club Pod for in-depth reviews like it was okay and it played, <laughs> come back next week where we play another game that might play. That might play. We don't know. Um, no, it's um, it it was about what you would expect. The game, like, like, I, said, like I said at the beginning, it came out on the 360. It ran pretty much flawlessly. A couple of hiccups here and there. Um but that was more down to like the, the automatic control bindings, uh, which was easily fixed. That's not a fault of the game. That's the game being translated to a Steam Deck. That's yeah. not the game's problem. Um, 
However, one thing that I always forget about whenever I play these old Call of Duty games on Steam, and it's something I wanted to bring up, the lean. How you can lean around corners. Oh, yeah. I never did that. Q&E yeah. gives you the most comical... Yeah, that's a terrible joke for... Uh... I, I wish Tim had fallen out of his chair. I was I very close, the but there's a wall here. So um, <laughs> now, um, it gives you the most weird, like, th- it feels like your character, and maybe this is me talking with the hindsight of Rainbow Six leaning where they actually like, tilt and lean yeah. out. This just feels like they take a big lunge off to the side. Yeah. And it's it's a little awkward, and I, I'm glad it wasn't in the console versions. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you could do it on the Steam Deck with the back paddles, and it was very funny because you could just kind of bob and weave. Nice. Didn't That's mine and Tim's it. new podcast, Bob and Weave. Bob and Weave. Bob, Bob, it's no longer two blokes from Blighty. It's Bob and, Bob weave, and weave on the <laughs> Bob and Weave on the Weasel in the morning. <laughs> well, our AI um, generated uh, descriptions of our episode keep calling us Nigel and Declan. So no idea why. Bob and Weave might might be a welcome break. Yeah. Um. So, any other thoughts on Call of Duty: World at War? No, I think let's get into scores. Awesome, awesome. You know what? I am going to start with Joey. Um, very good FPS game. Very good campaign. Very good Nazi zombies. Uh, unplayable multiplayer. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of ten. Damn. With a highly, highly, highly recommend. All right, Tim. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Um, I really like the zombies. I think, as I mentioned at the beginning, the zombies are the star of the show for me. Uh, the campaign I didn't think much of, but you are right in saying that the research and the statistics and the framing devices of each level are really, really interesting. It's just, it didn't particularly play great to me. And I know, obviously, I'm looking at this in a modern hindsight, but, I mean, that's what we have to do here, really. We have to critique the game for what it is now. Um, yeah, six out of ten for me. Recommend? And, uh, yeah, do you know what I would, really would recommend, actually? Uh, I think it's at least interesting in the campaign framing. The zombies is pretty damn good, and it's nothing too complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd give it a thumbs up. All right, and I'm splitting the middle. I'm giving it a seven. Wow. I'd also recommend this game. And like, if you need a little, you know, FPS break where the game is not overly compli- you know, complicated... Go turn your brain off, relax, have a little fun. Have a little fun in the that war that gives killed it, 60 million men, people. Man, that was fun. <laughs> that gives it a man that was fun. Yeah, uh, gives it a 7.16 repeating out of 10 with three recommends. Yeah, I can get behind nice. that. All right, very cool. Uh, so what are we playing in two weeks' time, Joey? So I have chosen a game that is uh, very much not an FPS, very much not based on World War II. Uh, we are playing Whittle Nightmares. I Whittle thought that Nightmares. was a f- FPS. It's fun, Did... platform spooky. Yeah, f- flipping platform and spooky. <laughs> <laughs> My brain turned off then. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, you can I'm see gonna, the lag, the literal lag out of I'm going to just uh, do this and then we'll go to the post yeah. Might did watch that tonight. Well, this is where I have to put in the national anthem, don't I? Yeah. 
Um, right, well, we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks, everyone. Uh, where Slade will be seeing how many American flags he can swallow in 30 minutes. Sure. Again. <laughs> right, Last time was off there. Over into the post, and we'll see you there. Bye, everyone. Love you. Bye. Goodbye. Gentlemen, it's been a long time. We're in the post amble. Should we jump into the game? Absolutely. Now, multiple people have got in touch with me and told me this is their favourite jingle, so it's going to live for a few more episodes, and then I might mix it up, but we'll see. So, hmm. what the hell is it? Can't remember. Hmm. What the hell is it? I can't remember. Uh, what the hell? Nah, I can't remember. Hmm. Uh, can't remember. What the hell is it? What's the sequel called again? Okay. Okay. Uh, Tim, just so you know, uh, Casey thought that Joey made jingles professionally. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, they are very good. My my head inflated. <laughs> but then I found out the reason that uh, shall I play the jingle? The, the reason that Casey thought I made no, jingles? No. Oh, Tim, no. I play it? oh, oh, I'm curious. It's gonna be in the post amble. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be in the post amble. Welcome to the post amble, everybody. Joey's a charming fellow and excellent game show host. <laughs> so she thought he had made this. I'll play it again if you talk to it. Get over here! I'm so excited for the new Mortal Kombat title next week. Uh, you can speak now, Slater. <laughs> Okay. Again. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So what's All the right, sequel? What's the sequel? Right. So I have a list of five games here. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what the sequel is called. Are we doing? Okay. Are we say our own names, or are we saying each other's names? We sure as hell are. I actually want you to tell me the name of your firstborn child, because that'll be your sequel. Uh, so nice. Uh, um. Uh, Tim, what will your first born child be called? No pressure here. Scribblerono. Scribbler. Well, you've got to say that before Slade says whatever he's going to say. So Tim's going to say Scribblerono. Slade? Ah, uh, Slade. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Question number one. I'll keep score. Question number one. Batman. Arkham Asylum. Scribblerono. Scribblerono? Uh, that would be Batman Arkham City. You are correct. Question number two. Metal Gear Solid. Scribbler, I know. Scribbler, I know. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Slade, can you feel this one slipping through your fingers? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, question number three. Uncharted. Scribbler, I know. Scribbler, I uh, Uncharted 2... That's it, Uncharted 2. Nope. Incorrect, Scribblerono. Slade, do you want to have a go? Uh, Uncharted 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, can I have a, oh. can Scribblerono have another go? 
you can guess, but you won't get a point. All right, screw it's. I was about to say Scribro. No, it's Uncharted. <laughs> it's Uncharted Two: Legacy Among Thieves. It's just called Among Thieves. Ah, okay. So that's a big old nope for both of you. Um, question number four: Silent Hill. Slade. Isn't it just Silent Hill 2? Hey. That is correct. So you are you need this one to stay in the game, but if you stay in the game, I don't know what will happen because I don't have a tiebreaker. All right. So, All right. question number five. Horizon Zero Dawn. Scribblerino. Horizon Forbidden West. That is correct. So we have a winner, and that is... Tim wins. Fatality. Congratulations, Tim. Thank you. Congratulations, Tim. Can we get one for one?